It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFF, SLSS.com, at FFF, SLSS, Twitter, Twitter.tv, slash Asian Free. What is up? Hopefully, everybody had a really nice weekend, and uh, hopefully this weather is turning. Hopefully, this weather is turning. Uh, big MDW weekend coming up, as everybody knows, so that's all exciting. Uh, so, I'll touch on that more on Thursday show, of course. But on this Tuesday edition of the program, we're going to recap Brooks Kepka winning the PGA Championship. So, we'll do that in the kickoff. Then we'll have our full 105th PGA Championship recap where we'll go round by round and give you all the storylines and stuff. Then a weekend soccer recap, which the EPL is crazy right now. So much happening. Uh, the relegation battle. Rages on at the bottom of the table. Couple games on Tuesday and Wednesday that we'll touch on in the footy world. Then we'll do some NFL headlines, Stanley Cup playoffs, and NBA playoffs. A little update there. Um, off the top, the NFL is just crazy. I'll get to that when we talk about NFL headlines. Some of the stuff they're doing, I just cannot disagree with more. Right? So we'll do that. Uh, we'll talk about the Vinny, Vinicius Jr. stuff with Real Madrid and the racism that he was um, exposed to by the Valencia fans, which is absolutely unacceptable. And La Liga is a joke, and Spain is a country. Like, that's bad. That's a bad look, man. So we will touch on all that stuff, but golf at the top of the program. So Brooks Kepka winning the PGA Championship into a little PGA Championship recap. Weekend soccer recap, a little bit of a midweek soccer preview. NFL headlines, Seneca playoffs, NBA playoffs at the end of the program. Okay, kick it off. Brooks Kepka, a major champion again. He wins the PGA at Oak Hill, his fifth major overall, his first since 2019. He's the 20th player to win at least five, joining Braid, Taylor, Thompson, Seve, and Byron Nelson. Only guys with more majors than Brooks Kepka. Jack. Tiger, Walter Hagen, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Tom Watson, Varden, Jones, Sarazen, Sneed, Palmer, Trevino, Faldo, Phil. I mean, we're talking about Brooks Kepka being an all-time great now. And with the double back-to-backs that he did at the PGA and the U.S. Open and that quartet of major trophies that he got, and now to add a third Wanamaker um, to that list to be a five-time major champion. That's another level in this game. You know, to win five is another notch on your belt because a lot of, there are a bunch of guys with four as well and a bunch of guys with three. So to get five is that next level of elite golf and Brooks Kepka has joined it. He's the seventh player since 1950 to win five majors before the age of 34. Tiger, Jack, Arnie, Seve, Gary Player, and Tom Watson. Again, his third PGA Championship, third player to win the PGA Championship at least three times after it became a stroke play event in 1958. Jack has five, Tiger has four, and um, there are others that have won multiple, but that was before it was um, stroke play when it was match play. So, He's the sixth player across the history of the PGA to win at least three times, including the match play. 
Okay? And it's the first major for a live player. As much as I used to root for Brooks and cheer for him and support him, once he went to live, that was my breaking point. I did not like that. I did not I do not like live. I do not like the idea of live. And if you went to that tour, I don't really care. I don't and that's just a personal thing. But you cannot deny when Brooks Kepka is healthy, he is a factor in these major championships, no matter what, what tour he's on, okay? So, it's the first major for a live player. I mean, Greg Norman's probably ecstatic about that. There's probably a lot of guys that are ecstatic about that, like Phil Mickelson, like some of these other guys. I'm sure the Saudis that back the Live Golf League are very happy as well. Um, it's a little validation for them, I'm sure. It's uh, another kind of piece of their, you know, another poker chip that you throw in the middle of the table to say, hey, our guy won a major. Why can't our guys be in the official golf world rankings and stuff? So um, it certainly threw a monkey wrench into that debate about the live golfers playing in major championships going forward. But here we are. They have their first uh, major champion as a tour. And it's a fifth for Brooks Kepka, who in the first major of the year blew a lead at Augusta. And a shot he referenced was a shot on nine that is that, you know, tiered green where if you hit it in the right spot, it's going to roll down. And if that pins in the front, you're going to have five, six feet almost at max if you hit it um, in the right area. Right. And it did not come down the slope. He made bogey on that hole. And John Robb even said, hey, I think that was the turning point in the tournament, that little sequence on nine. So. He blew that lead at Augusta, and he responds in the next major, winning it. Another 54-hole lead. is a, He's the first 54-hole leader in a major in the past 20 years to start around three under or better in his first four holes of the final round. So I know that was like a mouthful there, but think about 54-hole leaders going into Sunday. How many times have we seen uh, a bogey on one at the Masters? Or... Um, a drop shot early with one of these leaders, right? Kepka came out and said, I'm only up one here. There's a couple guys I got to separate myself from. And he did it right away at the start of the round. Brooks Kepka, a five-time major champion, his first since 2019, 20th golfer to win at least five. It's a list of legends in the company he's keeping with all these uh, great statistics. And and I'll give credit to Liv. I mean, I I hate to do it. And it's a former guy that I – it's a guy that I used to root for a ton and was one of the guys that was in my top uh, tiers of guys I would root for, my little five or six, seven guys that I would root for. He was in there. And he made a decision to go to Liv. He made that decision. Go ahead. Um, but I no longer root for him. So to see him win kind of pains me a little bit because like your ex-girlfriend winning something, right? Um, but, <laughs> but uh, you got to give him credit. I mean, he is a major champion golfer. Uh, he said it. He doesn't really care about the other tournaments. He cares about major championships. And he's gone out there and won another Wanamaker. And yes, it is the fourth of the majors, but it's still a major championship. 
and it's still a big deal. And it's still one of the four times where you get, theoretically, the best fields in golf on one course. Because now with the emergence of Liv, we don't always get the best golfers on the same course together anymore. We don't really see it. So to have Brooks be the guy for Liv, I'm sure that's that's big for them. You know, they needed a Dustin Johnson or a Brooks or a Phil or a Bryson, one of those guys to win a big tournament in a major, like to win a major with all the rest of the PGA guys, with Rory, with Colin, with Spieth, with JT in the fields, and to have one of their guys win it is a big deal. That's for sure. So congrats to Brooks. Um, I'm no longer a fan, but I certainly will respect his game when he's healthy. I mean, he's always going to be a factor in these major championships because these are the only things he cares about. These are the only things he practices for. These are the only things that he really gets ready for. No wonder he went to live. It's less tournaments and less golf. You know what I mean? Like, when you really think about it, what he said about golf is, I wanted to be less holes and, like, less boring. Well, there you go. You can go to that tour. That's fine. But now, he's won another major. And you got to give him a ton of credit. You got to give him a ton of credit because he had struggled being unhealthy. He was not ready or at the level to compete you remember when it was his knee that was bothering him the most and he couldn't read putts correctly he couldn't get into the croucher's the catcher's little crouch stance there and read the putts correctly so he was kind of guessing a little bit and he wasn't trusting his feels and all that kind of stuff so he's healthy and when he's healthy he hits the ball as far as everybody else he is an excellent ball striker with his irons how many times do you see him have like five or six feet after hitting an 8-iron, a 7-iron, a 9-iron, he hits really good mid-iron shots. Um, he's a solid enough short game player when he does get out of position and he misses a green, he does get up and down often. And that's because he's a great putter. I mean, he's one of the more, in my opinion, one of the more underrated putters because it doesn't necessarily get talked about when you bring up Brooks Kepka. You bring up the power, you bring up the ball striking, but a lot of people don't bring up the putting right away. For me, the putting is... It's A-plus when he's on. Every 8-footer to him looks like it's going in. You know, even the 20-footers, he, he gets right with the speed and gives himself a chance to make it, right? So, listen, as much as I don't like it, as much as the pure golfer fan who's against live and doesn't see it as growing the game and sees it hurting the game and probably was a DJ fan or a Brooks fan like myself and had to let go of that. It's It was tough yesterday. It was tough yesterday watching him lift the Warner Major. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and to see it play out when you're, myself being one of the bigger Rory fans, um, it's tough. It's tough to watch one of those foreign guys that you support win. Um, I hate to make it about me, but it is my show. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully you're laughing at that. All right, um, but hey, congrats to Brooks Kepka. He deserved it. He played an awesome four days of golf and um, really outstanding stuff, outstanding stuff. So let's recap the 105th PGA Championship. Our first round on Thursday, we had a frost delay. The start, nearly about two hours. There's like a, an hour, 40, an hour, 50, depending on what article you looked at there. Morning late wave had a little wind. Afternoon wave, the wind picked up. At the end of play Thursday, which wasn't the end of the round, by the way, 
19 of 156 players were under par. The scoring average was 73.64, three shots above par. 302 birdies, 755 bogeys or worse. Two eagles, eight scores of triple or worse. Play suspended at 815 due to darkness. 30 players, 10 groups had to finish up on Friday morning. When they did, there were 16 rounds in the 60s, so 16 players under par at the end of round one, and 26 rounds even par or under par in the tournament. And the round of the day was a 66 by Bryson DeChambeau. He was four under after the first day, six birdies, two bogeys for the nerd. Then we had Scotty Scheffler, three under 67, had him uh, tied second. along. He was bogey-free. DJ had four birdies. He bogeyed 18 in the dark. I'm sure he was pissed about that. And Corey Connors and Cole. Cole was up to five under, but he did not... Uh, come in there he finished a three under for the day group at two under 68 adam scott victor hovland got off to a nice start as keegan bradley and fox the one under group justin rose straka mitchell peters and so asado the even par shooters a group of 10 including mike block who we'll talk about in a second uh plus 171 rory morikawa homa thigala bo hostler and billy horschel the group at plus two jt cam smith kepka shawfley reed Fleet now and uh, Fleet now, Fleetwood and Fee now, Fleet now, <laughs> combine those. Jordan Spieth shot a three under three over seventy three. Also did Phil, Ricky Fowler, Shane Larry, uh, Tom Kim, and Jimmy Walker and Woodland. Tom Kim on Thursday with uh, getting all muddy. The camera following him, him coming out of the mud, then him disappearing into the creek and coming back up. <laughs> cleans or as clean as he could be if you haven't seen that clip look that up tom kim in the mud at oak hill it was so funny that was a great clip and then he didn't know that the camera's on him he comes back to the media tent everyone's like you went viral he goes oh my god i can't believe it show me the video he was laughing it was a good time it was a good time Kaylee and cam young shot four over 74s kids shot a five over 75 fitzpatrick rom jason day and abe answer six over 76 and Terrell Hatton, who is always a joy, a 77, and also Wyndham Clark shot a 77. So. Second round, we had that delayed start because of the two-day round one finish. The wind was up a little early, calm throughout the day. Little bit of rain ongoing, but everyone did finish on Friday. 25 rounds in the 60s on Friday. 41 rounds under par even. Kepka's 66 was the round of the day. Nine players were under par for the tournament. That was a record low for 36 holes at the PGA, and only 18 players were even par or better. Hole 6, 7, 9, 17, 18 played incredibly hard on Friday. The leaderboard at the end of Friday, a three-way tie at the top at 500. Scotty Scheffler followed up at 67 with a 68. Hovland shot 68-67, and Connery, Corey Connors also shot 67-68. So that was the uh, the three leaders at the end of two rounds. Bryson and Saw dude were three uh, under. Nerd shot 71. Kapka, that's 66, brought him to two under for the tournament. Uh, Taron, the Englishman, shot 67. Jay Rose was even par on the day, so he stayed at one under. Pendrith came from even par and shot one under, so he was one under. 
Roy shot one under, which brought him to even. Keegan Bradley shot two over at even. Larry shot a 67. Block answered the opening round 70 with another 70. He had a little walk and talk with Van Pelt. Uh, it was pretty cool on the on the broadcast. And um, Lee, Mitchell, Straka, Svensson, and Neesmith also even par. Plus one. Morikawa, Cantley, DJ, Hostler, Varner, Cole, Pereira, Lee, Fox, Kitayama, and Cam Davis. Group at plus two. Scott, Vigala, Perez, Jaeger, and Poston. Tommy Fleetwood and Max Homa were at plus three. Matsuyama and Reed and Gerald Damon were there as well. Rom, Cam Smith, and Shoffley at plus four. Spieth, JT, Phil, Finau, Chris Kirk, and Cyril Hatton plus five. And they made the cut on the number. Notable missed cuts. The group at six over. Ricky, Fitz, Horschel, Tom Kim, Luke Donald, Kucher, Molinari, Norin, and Henley with the group at seven over. Eight over. Jason Day. Uh, oh, Sung J.M. was plus six. Tom Kim was plus eight. My apologies in my notes here. Scotty Stallings, Woodland, English, plus eight. Jimmy Walker and Cam Young, plus nine. And Webb Simpson, who I honestly, folks, we're going to look back. You know, there's guys who won majors that are one-offs. You know, Duffner right now, Keegan Bradley right now. We're going to look back. I would think Jimmy Walker and Webb Simpson are going to be the, the two that stick out the most. Jimmy at Baltimore Strong. Because Jimmy's a good player, but I never thought he would be a major champion. And Webb Simpson, I, I, I will never understand how he is a major champion. You know, I really won't. Gary Willen's another guy that won one, and we'll see what happens. But I would say Webb and Jimmy Walker. Webb's at the top of the list. I'm like, of guys who won majors, like, really? Like, that's the guy? So, that was the... Thursday, Friday edition of the tournament. How about the third round? And it was a rain soaker. Rain throughout the day onto the late afternoon, and then it was like a little on off throughout the rest of the round, but mainly on. So many holes played tougher with the conditions. Um, and it got a lo it got longer. The rough it gets harder when it's wet, obviously, but when it's that thick as well. Like, you're really going to have to take an extra club or go the other way and just punch it out kind of a thing. A very difficult course already, uh, but the conditions on Friday and Saturday and, you know, Thursday to a point didn't really help. But Saturday, it was soaked. Only nine rounds under par in the 60s, 18 rounds under par even. Kepka's... 66, the round of the day for the second day in a row. He shot that number. Seven players under par for the tournament after 54 holes. Nine players even par or better for the tournament. Kepka was six under. Victor Hovland shot an even par 70 as a Corey Connor, so they stayed five under. Bryson DeChambeau stayed at three under with an even round of 70. Those rounds of 70s were good rounds, to be fair. Uh, Scotty Scheffler shot a 73, so he backed up from 5-under to 2-under. Two, two um, Justin Rose shot a 69, so he was 2-under. Rory was the lone man at 1-under after another back-to-back -back 69. Group at even, Asadu backed it up three shots, on, uh, on, unfortunately. And then Mike Block. Honestly, yes, Brooks is the story. Brooks winning but Mike Block, and we'll touch on him after we break down some of the other stuff in the next round, but what a story this guy was. Three straight rounds of 70 to uh, save even part. 
And Tommy Fleetwood was plus one, as was Shane Lowry. All right, fourth round. Weather cleared out. A spectacular, sunny, brilliant Sunday. Uh, 28 rounds in the 60s, 36 rounds under par even, so the scoring conditions were certainly up the best day for it for sure. 65 was the round of the day shared by Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, Kitty Yama, Cam Davis, and Sepp Straka. 11 players under par for the tournament, 14 players even par or better for the tournament. So Kepka had that one-shot lead going into the final 18 holes. He opened up the first four holes with three birdies. So to get a four-shot lead early. He ended up dropping shots back-to-back on six and seven. Six, he had a tee shot that was uh, found the hazard. And seven, he had an unlucky break on his approach shot where the ball didn't jump forward really uh, away from a weird stance kind of thing, and it didn't roll backwards into the bunker for a normal greenside bunker shot. So he had a kind of in-between shot. So he dropped shots at six and seven. The lead was only one at that point, but he birdies 10. He bogeys 11 to give it back. He birdies 12 after missing the green. Really nice putt off the edge of the green there on the fringe. He birdied 14 to keep a one-shot lead when Victor Hovland birdied it as well. And 16, the birdie there pretty much put it away. He did give one back at 17, but he parred 18 coming home. And that was important because Hovland was back one to start the final round. He birdied four and five to cut the lead back to two after it did balloon to four. He gave one shot back at seven when a par would have tied the lead. And then he parred until back-to-back birdies at 13 or 14 where the lead was just one. So he needed those birdies. Uh, again, if Kepka doesn't birdie 14, uh, it's tied with what five to play there. Uh, four to play there, 15, 16, 17, four to play there uh, after the 14th. The double bogey at 16 really cost him. He did have to go for it. He was in not a great spot. He had to go for it, and he double bogeys there uh, on the 16th hole. He made birdie on the 72nd as consolation to finish tied second. Scheffler started four back at Kepka, parred the opening six. Birdies at seven, eight, and ten. But a drop shot really hurt his momentum there. Coming home, birdie 13, 14, and 18 propelled him into that tied second finish with Hovland after shooting 65. Corey Connors started one back. Bogey's at 3, 5, 7, 12, 13, 17, and 18. He only had two birdies, 4 and 14. He ends up finished even for the tournament. And he's had some leads. He's had some 36-hole leads. He's been at the top of these leaderboards and majors and just... Not played well on the weekend, really. So, Kepka on top of this leaderboard, 9 under, 72, 66, 66, 67 he finished with. The group at minus 7, tied second, Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler. The nerd, Bryson DeChambeau, finishes tied fourth with Kitayama and Davis, whose 65s brought them up the leaderboard to top 5 money there. Rory and Sepp Straka were tied for 7th. Justin Rose, Patrick Hanley, and Cam Smith tied ninth. Corey Connors, Lowry, and Perez were even par at tied 12th. Mike Block finished up the tournament just over par with a 71 on Sunday. 70, 70, 70, 71. Hatton and Cole also plus one and then plus two. Fleetwood, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Reed, Pereira, and Lee. Morikawa finished plus four. Spieth, Adam Scott, Keegan Bradley finished plus five. 
Rom plus seven, Homa plus nine, Phil plus ten, JT plus twelve, and Tony Finau plus fifteen. For Rory, it's just not good enough to win yet. Um, he just didn't have it. He really didn't have it for a full eighteen holes. He hasn't had it in a major for a full 72 in a long time. He's had it for 54 in a lot of majors, but he hasn't had it for 72. I don't know if he even had it for 36 here, which is also a credit to him to finish even where he finished because I don't think he really played relatively well the whole week. So to still finish where he finished is great, but we're we're trying to win majors here, Rory, and I think he knows that, right? But right now, unfortunately, it's just he's not good enough to win when he doesn't have all his game with him and he didn't he unfortunately didn't Colin and JT are lost I don't know what's going on with Colin a guy that we've prided on ball striking and when his putter gets hot he's in the mix for any tournament he did not drive it well he did hit some good iron shots but then he didn't reward himself with the putter enough times Jordan's at least hurt. At least Jordan Spieth is hurt, and we understand his wrist is killing him, and it's very difficult for him. Colin and JT are lost. JT's another one. I don't know what the hell he's thinking on some of these decisions, on some of these shots. Like, I, I really don't get what he's doing. And I love JT. I love Colin. I love Speed. I love, like, these are some of my top guys. But I'm watching JT, and I'm watching him hit the ball in the rough off the fairway, miss a green, hit a garbage chip, and miss, like, a 12-footer for par, and he gets all pissy, like, yeah, dude, well, maybe hit a fairway, bro. And I love JT. And JT can tell me to F off, and I'd still be a fan of him. So don't worry about that. He, he can, And I know he can take some harsh criticism. He ain't a soft. So he's lost right now. Colin's lost right now. Jordan at least is hurt. And Rory's not good enough to win. And I'll tell you what. Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler's going to be kicking himself. He's going to be kicking himself because that round on Saturday cost him another major championship. Because I'm telling you right now, if it's him and Kepka in a final pairing instead of Kepka and Hovland, because Hovland is a nice player. Don't get me wrong. But Victor Hovland is getting into the territory like, hey, man, when's it going to be you? I don't know how many times Victor Hovland can put himself in this position to be in a final pairing on a Saturday or Sunday and not come out with a win. And I'm not trying to knock the guy. He's a nice guy. I don't necessarily root for him or root against him. But holy smokes, are you going to win a tournament, man, in a big spot? You know? So... And I'm not trying to knock him. I'm not trying to knock I'm just being honest. Because I'm looking at leaderboards. I'm looking at um, rounds that people are scoring in major championships. And Victor Hovland has been a factor. Until he needs to take the next step. Right? So, I don't know. And Bryson, please. It's Bryson on Thursday after an 18 holy. You know, it looks a lot like Wingfoot for me. Okay, dude. Please, you would have been booed out of your face at Wingfoot. So, I don't know. So, some of my guys, I'm worried about. I'm just going to tell you flat out. Rom had a bad tournament. He's going, don't. Do you see what he said on? I was it Saturday. He goes, you only put the camera on me when I'm mad. 
hey, man, guess what? You're the number one player in the world. They're going to put the camera on you, dude. Um, Max, I don't know what the hell he's doing either. He, How about Max on Saturday? Hits one of the best shots you'll ever see on six to like a foot. And you're like, Max home and maybe Max can wake up. Finishes plus. Come on, Max. And I know it's difficult. And again, Max Homa. I love Max Homa. And he's another guy that can tell me, hey, man, F off. And I wouldn't care. I really wouldn't. Because I, I take a lot from Max Homa. I love his perspective on things. But when we gonna when we going to find ourselves not talking about making and missing cuts with Max Homa and talking about top fives and winning? Another guy I really like. More than Hovland, to be honest. But you know what guy I really, really like? And I get people are knocking him, and it's it's like who cares? He's a. It's not like he's a. He's not. He's not wealthier. He's a golf pro. This Mike Block stuff is awesome, and I don't really care what anyone says about it because to me, and, and unless he, he gets canceled in the next twenty four hours, when I put this out, and everybody be like, Asia, you said you liked him, and now he's canceled. Whatever. Somebody finds some bad tweets, but what I'm gonna say is this: the guy looks like he's having a great time. The guy looks like he was soaking it in. The guy seems like a genuine guy, okay? And to play with Rosie on Saturday and the 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 interview of them being like, you're paired with Rory tomorrow. He's like, you're kidding, right? I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm not playing with Rory tomorrow, right? So that was amazing. The fact that he comes out and makes the cut and not only makes a cup of shoots even par for the first three rounds, he shot an even par 70 in those conditions on Saturday. That's a hell of a round, man. That's a hell of a round. And then Sunday, he's paired with Rory McIlroy. And, you know, Mike Block isn't going to win the tournament. We know that. Mike Block wasn't going to go out there, shoot 63, and be like, hey, Brooks, sorry, bro. Low low PGA professional and the PGA champion. My bad, brother. No, that was never going to happen. But, you know, him being with Rory, maybe he could have spurned Rory onto a 63. But let, let alone, whatever. Point being, he's playing with Rory McIlroy. He hits some great shots. The hole-in-one on 15 that's going to be in the hit. That's the history of the game kind of shot. That's a. That's a shot that people are not going to forget because like I kind of wish it was wasn't a slam dunk because the crowd noise of like the anticipation of it rolling over the hole is crazy. That build up that crescendo. But the ball going in the hole not coming out. That was pretty cool, too. Now, Mike Block telling the story of, I thought it was a good shot, so I took my hat off to salute the crowd because they had been basically going nuts, and I'd been like 20 feet out. I'm like, damn, they're going crazy for 20 feet. He thought he hit it to five feet or whatever, right? He's like, Rory's coming back. Rory McIlroy's walking to me, and he's going to give me a hug. And you're, he's like, he's like, that was amazing. It went in. It's like, it didn't go in. Stop it. And he's still walking. The video is amazing. He's walking up this fifteenth uh, hole, this par three, and he, Rory, it really went in. Yeah, it really went in. He's looking at the crowd. He's it went in. It went in. He's putting his finger down. It's in. They're like, it's in. It's in. What a moment. What a moment. Outstanding stuff. And then to get to that seventy-second hole with top fifteen on the line with a spot in next year's PGA with a ton of money on the line, okay? That moment, he hits a 
tough approach shot into that 18th. He's in a tough area. It's a, it's a, it's a hard up and down, that's for sure. Hits it to about, what, nine feet there? Eight, eight nine feet maybe? Makes it. That's about a $70,000 putt. It's like a $70,000 putt. Can you believe that? So he gets up and down on the 72nd. Playing with Rory. He gets a hole in one. Like, what the hell is going on? Hole in one. At a major championship with Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy is the guy that tells you you got a hole in one. Like, oh, man. And again, listen. To me, he seemed like a genuine dude. Uh, from the first little mention I saw him when they were showing the coverage on Thursday. Um... The fact that he was the guy that got the little walk and talk there. That was pretty cool. And I mean, what a what a story. I mean, sports are the best, guys. This is why sports are the best. If you took that to a Hollywood studio, they'd be like, that ah, get out of here. That's too unrealistic. No one would buy that. The local pro guy. Shoots even par, and he's playing with Rory on Sunday and gets a hole-in-one. Come on. And then the big moment of, can he get up and down on 18 for the big check? And he doesn't. So that was awesome. If you're hating on that, like, go touch some grass or look up at the sky. Gain some perspective. You know what I've been doing to gain some perspective? Watch some World War II documentaries about those brave young men that went over there and stormed those damn beaches in Normandy. And defeated that evil, twisted disgrace for a human being that was that country's leader that we know what I'm talking about. Okay? So, if you need some perspective, if you don't like Mike Block, how about you look in the mirror a little bit and be like, am I projecting? Am I really jealous of this guy? Like, how jealous am I of this guy that I'm hating him for living out his dream when I it should be me? Please. So I, I just don't – I'm not here for that. I'm not here for hating on other people's success when they seem like genuine people and they seem to be taking it all in. And people are like, he's crying in every interview. Wouldn't you, man? Wouldn't you? You're at the biggest stage in your sport for that week. In this moment, in this – in golf, that was the biggest moment for this month major championship right there's one a month here april may june july right and he is the storyline so when they're like hey saturday night you're paired with rory mcelroy tomorrow he's like you're kidding he turns around and he's like you're kidding right that seems genuine to me now if he's doing this whole act thing and he's from southern california he's got hey you know what tip your hat it is what it is but to me i don't know it seems pretty genuine and it seems like a really really cool story and if you're hating on that god bless man God bless, because you need you need some help, and that's okay, but you need some help if you're hating. Because just to be like, what's the big deal? Like, okay, you don't get it. That's fine. All right, so from golf to footy, weekend soccer recap, Newcastle and Brighton on Thursday. Newcastle went to 4-1. Own goal got the scoring starter for Newcastle, then a Dan Byrne goal. Made it 2-0. Undav, who gave up the own goal, got one back for Brighton, but then Callum Wilson and Bruno Guimaraes put the bow on the Newcastle win. At the weekend, Tottenham-Brentford. Brentford went to 3-1. Kane free kick Golasso, but an Embuemo brace and a whistle goal in the absence of Ivan Tony, who is suspended for a long time, as we know. Okay? 
Um, and Buemo and Wissa have scored in every game that Ivan Tony has missed for Brentford. So when your top scorer is out and your, I don't want to say like role player because they're not, but your back, cause they're not really backups because they do, and Buemo does start a ton of games, you know what I mean? But your secondary scoring, we'll call it. That's what it's called in hockey, right? Your secondary scoring. When your secondary scoring is really picking it up in the absence of your number one talisman, okay? That's a big moment. And Brentford, a gigantic London Derby win. They'll never forget that. Liverpool Villa finished 1-1. Ole Watkins had a penalty go wide early. Uh, Ramsey scored for Villa. Then a couple big calls, okay? And you'd be like, AJ, you're a homer. Here we go again. I'm just going to, I'm just going to let you know. Mings is going for the ball. Cody Gakpo is also going for the ball. He doesn't lean in. He doesn't, he's just going for the ball, right? He gets studs to the chest. Not a red card. Yellow card. The guy, the refs don't even instruct him to go to the monitor to look to see if it's dangerous or foul play. Cody Gakpo is showing the ref his chest. He's bleeding, and it's cut across his chest. No red, though, okay? Then, Liverpool get the ball in the net to level it, right? A ball comes in to the back post. Diaz nods it back. Kansa plays the ball. Van Dyke was in an offside position. But since Kansa played the ball deliberately, he should not be called offside. The ball eventually goes in the net from Gakpo. It's called a goal on the pitch. And it gets overturned. And to me, not deliberately playing the ball as the ball hits you. You know what I mean? The ball comes back. It hits you. You didn't have time to react. That's not deliberately playing the ball. But if the ball is coming towards you and you lift your leg and the ball comes off your leg, wouldn't you say that's deliberately playing the ball? It's not like he didn't move at all and the ball hit him. He raised his leg to kick the ball. So I don't know how that's not deliberately playing off. So anyway, Bobby Firmino comes on in his last game at Anfield, as did James Milner, his last game at Anfield. And Elliott plays a ball down the line, Mo Salah cross, and guess who? Bobby Firmino equalizer. The place erupts. Liverpool had a bunch of chances to still win the game, but unfortunately could not. So it finishes 1-1. Their top four hopes probably done now. Um, it will go, unless Man U wins on Thursday, it will go to the final day still, but it's very outside shot. But instead of a win and keeping the pressure on Newcastle and Man U, it was a draw. And the points get split. And Unai Emery will have to say, and if he doesn't say it, I think he thinks it and can't say it, his team is hanging on for dear life, especially after the equalizer. Um, and I'll just say this. I don't want to make things about the refs. I hate people that make things exclusively about the referees. But in soccer, it's a lot different because the decisions carry so much weight. In basketball, you know, a call... It doesn't send anyone home, most likely. Or it doesn't turn into 5-on-4. You know, football, it doesn't turn into 11-on-10. But in soccer, it does. In footy, it does. So 
the officiating and the consistency of officiating is very, very important in soccer. Almost more than any other sport, in my opinion. Okay? So the point split 1-1. Point being. Uh, Bournemouth, Man U. Man U went 1-0. Casemiro, what a goal. Uh, ball comes over the top. And he has a outrageous finish, to be fair. An absolutely outrageous finish where it's it's not it's like a goal scorer's goal. That's why I was kind of shocked that Casemiro did it. You know what I mean? But it's a great goal nonetheless, and it probably got Man U Champions League. Fulham Crystal Palace. This is a fun game. Finish two two. Edward opened up the scoring for Crystal Palace, then a Mitrovic pen, then a Mitrovic goal for his brace, and then Joe Ward with a late equalizer split the points. Wolves and Everton, 1-1. Hwang put Wolves up 1-0, and it was Yerry Mina who was confronted by Everton fans in the middle of the streets of Liverpool, and they're like, you got don't quit on us. And he said, I would die for this club. Well, it was Yerry Mina with a big equalizer for Everton, the Toffees, split the points there. Forest Arsenal, with a win, Arsenal would keep the title race alive until Man Man City played the next day. With a loss, it would clinch the title for Man City. And a win for Forest certainly would do wonders for their relegation battle, and even a draw would give them a point that a lot of people weren't expecting. But here we were. Forest, 1-0. I won't eat. The goal for Nottingham Forest that kept them up and clinches Manchester City their three-peat title. Five of the last six, which, hey, tip your hat. And Arsenal bottled it. Absolutely bottled it. And you can point to the draw at Liverpool, but I would think it's the draws after that game against teams that they should have beat. And... If you draw Man City at the Etihad, it's a different title race, but they got beat there. They got beat. So, Arsenal bottlers, don't ever, ever compare these this Arsenal team to either of the Liverpool teams that lost five points to the Man City. Don't ever think about them. Because, listen, Arsenal, very good season. Arteta's building. I like a lot of their players. To compete against Man City, you need another level. And even when you lose one game and get 97 points, you still might not win the title. That's how crazy Man City are. All right. West Ham and Leeds. West Ham went at 3-1. Leeds are in trouble, folks. Rodrigo actually put them up 1-0. But then Declan Rice, Jared Bowen, and Lanzini with the extra insurance gave West Ham the three points. Brighton and Southampton, Brighton 3-1, Ferguson Brace. Aluanusi brought one back for Southampton, but then Pascal Gross made it 3-1. Then Man City, Chelsea with a completely chopped and changed squad for Pep Guardiola. City still win it 1-0. It was a Julian Alvarez goal for the Citizens. And then Monday, Newcastle, Leicester City, 0-0. And with that result, Newcastle clinched top four, and Leicester give themselves a shot still at surviving relegation. So we'll talk about the relegation battle on Thursday's show ahead of Championship Sunday in the Prem. La Liga, Barcelona, Real Sociedad, Real Sociedad went 2-1. Atletico beat Osuna 3-0. Carrasco, Saul, and Correa, the goal scorers. 
Valencia beat Real Madrid 1-0. Uh, but the storyline here is Vinicius Jr. getting sent out, sent off and also suffering racial boosts from fans uh, chanting and singing, Vinny, you're a monkey, um, continuously. Then the Valencia people are saying, no, we were we were saying that he was a dumb tonto. Tonto is dumb, apparently. I, I didn't remember that for my Spanish speaking. Maybe they never taught us the bad words anyway, the insulty words. Um, insulty is not a word, but you get what I'm saying. Anyway, um, it really started with Vinicius going to the referee being like, aren't you supposed to stop the game? Like, look at these guys behind the net here. They're going absolutely insane and call me everything under the sun. Aren't you supposed to stop the game? Um, basically, he's like, no, it's not even in the match report, by the way, the referee. So that's a really bad job. But apparently, that was a typo. So we'll see what happens when it comes to that. Um, but how he gets sent off is crazy. There's kind of a little scrap. He gets involved. A guy kind of chokes him out from behind. And when he turns around, he does hit the guy in the head in the face kind of area. But he was just being choked out from behind. So wouldn't you react a similar way? And for him to be the only red card there is insane. Um, it, it's really troubling because you think racism in 2023 is more um, covert. But when you see this kind of overt racism and in-your-face racism... It's really, really scary because it just shows you that there's just such a disconnect from people who understand and don't have the ignorance because there are black players on Valencia. Don't you think, like, they're hurt by you calling another black player a monkey? Like, don't you get that? And obviously they don't. Obviously, they don't, and it's very, very sad, and it's it's fur it's infuriating, and it's frustrating, and Vinny, who, listen, do I love him? No, he's killed my team. He's killed Liverpool. How can I like him? How can I root for him? I don't necessarily root for him, but listen, it's not a problem. It's not one of these guys that's, you know, drink driving as they call it or getting into trouble or doing some crazy stuff or beating women up or doing any of that stuff really it's a black guy that plays soccer so I, I it's just really sad it's really sad and for him to post on Instagram and then Tabas who's the commissioner of the league the league president La Liga president what a clown that guy is oh my god good for Xavi um, Hernandez stepping up with a big press conference for Barcelona there saying this stuff with Vinicius is a joke. Brazil is has been has such a great reaction. Um all the teams from the Brazil league have put out tweets and statements and um I think the Brazil the Selecao has put out a statement as well and they didn't light the um, the hands of Jesus in Rio. Like that's very rare. That they don't light it. So, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So, unfortunately, that kind of cool thing of what happened in Rio came from a disastrous thing. And a thing that is absolutely unacceptable. The, the, the exchange with Ancelotti and the reporter just tells you a lot. Because the reporter's like, you're accusing Valencia of a very serious accusation with racism. He's like, and Angel is like, yeah, and I am doing that. 
what's your point? Like, Ancelotti is a boss, man. Holy. What a great manager. And it, it seems like a great man. Because um, those Real Madrid guys run for run through walls for him. All right, Syria. Speaking of Ancelotti, Italian. Atalanta, Hellas, Verona, Atalanta went 3-1. AC Milan beat Sampdoria 5-1. Layout, Giroud. Giroud for his brace with a PK. Brahimi Diaz scored, and then Giroud for a hat-trick. So, big news there. Layout looks like he's going to stay with a new contract, and Brahimi Diaz is in talks of a new contract for AC Milan as well, trying to keep their young stars in the San Siro. Napoli, Inter, Napoli went at 3-1. Udinese, Lazio, Lazio 1-0, and Immobile penalty was the difference there. Roma, Salernitina, Calcio finished 2-2. The two goals for Jose Mourinho's side were El Shuari and, yes, that Emmanuel Matic, who has just seemed to pop up in Mourinho teams along the way. Empoli-Juventus. Empoli went a 4-1. So a gigantic win for Empoli, one they will never forget. But the story, a 10-point reduction for Juventus. So earlier in the season, there was a 15-point reduction. It was rescinded, so they were back in a Champions League place. Now a 10-point reduction puts them in seventh. So a non-Champions League season for Juventus coming up next season unless this 10-point reduction gets uh, revoked like the other one did. Bundesliga, Hoffenheim, Union Berlin. Hoffenheim went to 4-2. Union Berlin still could get Champions League, but uh, it'll go to the final day now, if I'm not mistaken. Bayern, Rebel, Leipzig. Rebel, Leipzig went to 3-1. Gnabry put Bayern Munich up 1-0, but a ridiculous counterattack, which was like 4-on-1. Lemire scored the equalizer for Rebel, Leipzig. And Cuckoo had a penalty, and then a Second penalty for Rebel Leipzig gave them the 3-1 lead, which gave Dortmund the advantage in the race for the, what is it? It's like a shield, the the, the Bundesliga trophies. And I'm pretty sure because the Copa is the cup. Um, Augsburg-Dortmund. Dortmund went a 3-0. Haller brace, Julian Brandt, the third goal. And now Dortmund are in control of the title. They don't slip up. They win the title, and what an awesome title it would be for them. So looking forward to that. We'll talk about that more on Thursday. Show Lee Un, Augier, and PSG. PSG win at 2-1, and Bappe at Brace. So there's one EPL game. I think it's Wednesday, Brighton-Man City, and then Chelsea-Man U play Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So Brighton-Man City, Man City, the game means nothing. Brighton, I think, can still finish possibly in Europa La Liga, Real Valid play Barcelona. Espanol play Atletico. All right, NFL headlines, and here's another take, you know, because Thursday night's going to get, is able to be flexed. And I'm going to bring up the Schefter tweets here so I get it right because I want to make sure I'm getting all my rules and stuff right. So first of all, flexing pass for Thursday night football, 24-8. to eight. The owners that voted against it were the Giants, Jets, Packers, Bears, Raiders, Lions, Bengals, and Stellars voted against it. Those were the eight teams. Um, the rules, as it pertains to Thursday Night Football, only two flexes are allowed all season. They cannot be within 28 days' notice, and teams cannot play two away Thursday Night Football games in a season. So I'm just going to say this, and I tweeted this, so you can, if you're like, I already heard you say this or whatever. This is really bad for the league. I really don't think the league can say they're about player safety 
while making decisions like this about flexing games and giving teams possible short weeks. And if you can't see the writing on the wall here, this is a horrific precedent to set. And you know what? the pre- Because Amazon paid a ton of money for an NFL package, and almost every game on Thursday night stunk. So you know what Bezos did probably in those Amazonians? They said, hey, we're giving you a lot of money. How come NBC can flex and ESPN can possibly flex, but we can't flex? Well, players say, no, we don't care about that. We're paying you a lot of money for these games, and we want better product because we got to sell these prime subscriptions, right? So it just shows you that the NFL cares more about TV deals and gambling companies and bending the knee to all these companies and, and, and broadcasting t- stations, right, and, and platforms. They don't care about player safety or the fans that go to the games. You cannot tell me they care about the And if you're going to say, AJ, you had this argument about soccer. and the, Yeah, you're right. I did. Point being, there are more people that watch the games at home. For sure. No doubt about that. I'm not saying that there's not. I'm not saying that there's more people that go to the games and watch the games. I'm never, I would never say that. That's a dumb take to have. Okay? Because it's wrong. Right? But my point is, you get a Sunday package with your team. Maybe you get a Monday night game, maybe a Thursday night game. Maybe those are your, your games away, right? Whatever. What happens when your game gets flexed? You go, oh, this Sunday turned into a Thursday night game all of a sudden. And you're going to be like, well, then you have a month in advance. I don't care. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You, uh, How the Players Association... Don't get a say in this. That it's only like the owners. Only owners get to say. I. That's crazy to me. That's a really bad job. That's a really bad job. And if you can't see the writing on the wall here, the precedent that's being set, that Amazon's like, no, no, we're not. It's not. It's not a thing if we can't get flexes. Because we're tired of Al Michaels and Herb Street talking about God knows what on Thursday nights on Amazon Prime. Okay? So, I mean, it's it couldn't be more obvious what's happening here. They're bending the knee to Amazon. They've bent the knee to ESPN. They've bent the knee to NBC. They've bent the knee to CBS and Fox. I mean, it's, it's clear as day. And it's a horrific precedent to set. Horrific precedent to set. A good thing they actually did was pass the three active QBs rule, which is a nice rule. Um, that is going to have three QBs on the roster so we don't get a situation that happens in the NFC Championship game where you got a guy in Brock Purdy that literally can't throw the ball and Josh Johnson got knocked out of the game. So I think it's a smart idea. It doesn't count as an active player, so good job. Actually, good job. Desmond Ritter said the Falcons offense will be pretty explosive, and I think it has to do a lot with him. Um, if he's ready to go, if he's ready to compete, if he's ready to um, apply himself and be the guy for that Atlanta Falcons team, they got a good receiver, they got a good tight end, and they got a pretty good back in B. John Robinson. Now, I know he's a rookie, and I know running back is an interesting position in today's NFL. I don't really care. He's still a really good player. And he's not a traditional running back in the sense, but he does do those traditional running back things. Point being, hey, man, I think it's up to you, Desmond Ritter, if the offense is explosive. So... Talk a big game here in May. Well, let's see what's happening in week four. Week eight, right? See how explosive you are. 
Big Ben said he didn't want Kenny Pickett to succeed, and since he has apologized to Kenny Pickett. Um, and him basically being like, well, what about Ben if Kenny Pickett? That is one of the most narcissistic things I've ever heard in my life. And honestly, coming from Ben, I'm not shocked. So none of this shocks me. The only thing that shocks me is that he would admit it. Because I guess that's kind of growth, and you don't really see that from Ben. Hey, what are you going to do? Uh, no timetable for Jadavian Clowney to sign with his new team. So seems like he's going to want to miss as much of minicamp, uh, OTAs, training camp as much as possible. Because, I mean, a veteran edge guy like that, they don't really need a ton of uh, work on their technique. If they don't have their technique by now, it's they're in trouble. So, All right. Stanley Cup playoffs here. Florida, Carolina. Game three is going on right now. It's 0-0. But games one and two. Panthers won both of them. Game one went to quadruple overtime. And I, I'll be honest, I was up. I was watching the intermission between the third and fourth overtime, and I don't think I made it to puck drop of the fourth overtime. I think in the intermission to the puck drop, maybe one of the last commercials, I fell asleep. So I didn't make it to the Chucks game one winner. I did see the game two winner to go up 2-0, and I love this celebration. We're going... Boston 10, get off the ice here. That was great. Those were two great. I love those. I love that kind of celebration. That was fun, especially on the road, right? Uh, out West, it's Dallas and the Vegas Golden Knights. Knights win both games one and games two in Vegas before the series shifts to Dallas. So they're up 2-0 game one. An overtime win, game two, an overtime win. So plenty of OT in these conference finals so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. How about the NBA? Well, we got two series that are 3-0. The Heat win game one. They come back and win game two, and then they blow out the Celtics in Miami in game three. So they are up 3-0. The Celtics have their backs against the wall. Jalen Brown has stunk. Okay, he has played terrible. I don't want to hear people blaming Grant Williams for waking up Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's been awake. Okay, Jimmy Butler's an outstanding player. I love Jimmy Butler. Um, Tatum's got to play better. Jalen Brown, you know, for all this superstar stuff, and I, and I don't mind Jalen Brown. I do, but he's he's getting into the the Kyrie territory, which I don't really love that. And I've told you that. So, Jalen Brown, I think he's an outstanding player. He has been lost. He has lost, okay? So, the Celtics need to reverse sweep. We'll see. At West, Lakers-Nuggets game four going on right now in L.A. The Nuggets won game one and game two. Second half comeback in game two there. Murray went crazy. And the Nuggets win game three in L.A. Pretty good performance. So Murray went crazy in game one. And uh, we're in the second quarter here. Lakers up six. It's 39-33, 10-16 left. So that's called live podcasting, folks, as we record this bad boy. So Lakers can force a game five back in Denver. Then you got to get on a meaningful plane ride home back to back to Los Angeles to make it mean something. Then, hey, who knows what could happen? You win a game six and then four, seven. Who the hell knows? So, but listen, I'll tell you this. LeBron, I mean, why is he shooting so much? Go to the rim, man. That's always been his problem. All right. So um, we'll have updates on these series in basketball on Thursday. Our final big weekend soccer preview, if I'm not mistaken. Every league ends this. Yeah, because then we only have FA Cup and we have Champions League final. So 
a big soccer preview coming on Thursday's show. We'll talk a little golf. I think Charles Schwab is next, so probably a limited field if we're being honest. But um, as we build back up to another major, the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club in June. So more golf stuff at the end of the pod on Thursday. But it will be a heavy footy pod for Thursday. All right. Congratulations to Brooks Kepka again for winning these his fifth major overall, 105th PGA Championship. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Enjoy the weather. I will talk to you on Thursday. Until then, peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.